It's gonna. I'll tell you this. It's gonna be hard not to swear it while watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. It's a Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute the podcast in which we get to the heart of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom one minute at a time. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm Pete Mummert. I'm Jerry Porter. And we are back with the Temple of Doom, and we're diving right into minute number one of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And minute one begins with the Paramount logo, and it ends with a credit for someone named Kiwi Kwan as short round over an Asian-flavored floor show. <laughs> well, I, I love that we start once again with the Paramount Mountain. And yeah. this is kind of like the, this is the Indiana Jones version of the 20th Century Fox fanfare. <laughs> like, this is kind of, yeah. this is what you expect. It's probably cool, like, sitting in the theater, like, the first time you saw this, and be like, oh, they did it again. They did, it, uh, they did the mountain thing. That's like a gag mm -hmm. now, I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> Although do you think it's a do you think it's at all disappointing that it's like it's like a manufactured, you know, mountain? Like it's not they didn't find a mountain in Hawaii this time. They just like made one on a on a gong. Is that at all disappointing? Uh, no, I actually like. I think it's kind of cool because I think it was. I mean, it's funny that there's a gong in China with a mountain in Utah on it, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's pretty cool. I I I agree. I agree. I think I like that. It's. I mean, it's a different movie, but. You know, it's a nice segue. But, you know, it's this movie is such a, a mixture of old Hollywood and new Hollywood and Spielberg. Like, it's a throwback to kind of the old serials and the new stuff. And I love that they start with this vintage logo that Paramount hadn't used in, you know, at this point, 30 years. And it's got, you know, it's got the mountain and it's got those 24 stars, that constellation of stars that float around the mountain. And yeah. I, like, we have an article on our website in the library section, and it talks about how those 24 stars were there because in 1921 when Paramount made this logo they had 24 major stars under contract and it, like <laughs> it's, it's cool names it's like Rudolph Valentino Mary Pickford Douglas Fairbanks Gloria Swanson Cecil B. DeMille oh and it's like we we're going from that to Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones and it's 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 a cool progression yeah I was going to ask about that Harrison Ford starring in we get this big uh you know it's like name over the credits, but it's Harrison Ford starring in. And is that strictly like a, like, it's not just because he's a bigger movie star now in 1984, but it's, is that like, like strictly like a tie in to like thirties movies and stuff? Do you think? Yeah. Like, is that the, st the style of, like, I, 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 sh I can't even think of like, they're probably, yeah, they're probably, they probably did do titles like that a lot. Like, you know, Gary Cooper starring in Hind. Well, that was like in the fifties, but still, you know, it seems yeah. like a, it seems like a like a like a timely thing. Yeah, and they would usually list like they would they would have a, the first title card would list the title and then they'd list a couple of the big stars and then they would list like you know everybody else in the movie because they would usually run all the credits at the beginning of the movie at that point. Yeah. What I noticed about the title is that this blonde woman mm -hmm. who's who's singing, no, uh, Kate Capshaw, she's like in front of it. Yeah. 
which I I thought was incredible, and I don't know why. Well, this is the only movie that that does this kind of like you know the kind of titles you see on the poster and the box and everything. Yeah, and stuff. the classic font. Yeah, yeah. The others all look it, like Raiders. That kind of like just mm-hmm. straight white lettering. But yeah, uh-huh. this one they kind of go all out. And see, this makes me think that I, we're definitely still in Carbonite Fever Dream territory, because Han Solo would definitely like his dream would start with like a pretty woman holding up her hands and there's his name all of a sudden like, <laughs> right. st- starring in <laughs> this dream i present to you han solo <laughs> well i you know the first thing though other than okay we have a mountain and a mountain and it starts with music but the music i mean is very mysterious mm-hmm. and i'm not sure like what type of mischief this may be yeah yeah, it feels like it's it's almost brooding or maybe fretful, like fretful mischief. And again, like the again, the music feels like an old '40s noir. Like it's kind of it's compelling and tense and feverish, and mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's mysterious. You don't know where it's going, but it's got an urgency to it. It's it's got sort of a dark strain. Yeah, and then it starts to like the dancers all show up, and 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 this this blonde woman shows up from inside this dragon's mouth and stuff. And you get the big title and everything. And the music does... Okay, a lot of people talk about racism in this movie. I'll just Mm -hmm. (laughs) just get right into that in episode one. (laughs) But like... Yay! Okay, I honestly don't know the answer to this, and you guys can help me out. Is it... the Okay, the music does... Yes, it is. Is there any way to... Is there any legitimate, authentic way to do that without it being racist? To play that kind of Bugs Bunny, da 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 da, da we're in Asia or something music. I'm going to say no. Okay. Jerry. Well, we're ma- uh, yeah. <laughs> I it's, might be, I might be making something out of nothing. Maybe well, it's totally fine. Maybe it's like no, kind of innocent, but I've I don't got know. that in my notes too. I know exactly what I know exactly what you're talking about and I guess what I'd say is well, first of all, they did the same thing in Raiders of the Lost Ark where they have these little almost like musical snippets where we, we said it's like, you know, when they show the plane and they're, they're, they're getting to Nepal. Remember right. they, they, when the plane lands in Nepal and it, it's basically, I guess that's what I mean. It's yeah, like, there's, I mean, there's like, you know, regional motifs and stuff, you know, like the music changes when you get to Egypt and the music changes yeah. when you get to Peru and stuff. But I just so, think this I mean, one has so much cultural baggage behind it. I guess that that's yeah. a great way of putting yeah. it. A lot yeah. of, it's, 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 <laughs> sure as hell isn't subtle. No. It's, what we're it's not know. subtle. Nothing. But but here I've got a subtle thing for you. The music, like if we're talking about this little riff here, it's second thirty-seven right before this. Uh, they play "When You Wish Upon a Star," like Disney's theme song. Like there's a little quote of "Get out of here." When you wish upon a star, and I like to think it's an ancient prophecy saying that one day Disney was going to own Indiana Jones. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm way in over my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you That's know That's crazy. Yeah, it is. I and, never and noticed ta- it. Talking about like sort of I guess regional motifs, I wonder, and we may have even talked about this in Raiders, but what is distinctively American if you were in Nepal and when you see the plane, you know, if you were to make the movie <laughs> and the plane starts at, uh, you know, in the Bay Area, you'd be like, are they playing like rock and roll? Yeah, we love it. <laughs> I mean, like, what's our regional, or is it like, you know, doom, chicka, boom, chicka, doom, chicka, yeah. like a Western? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I just want like what would our be our regional? We talked this a little, a little last time. I don't, yeah, in, in in San Francisco would be Journey, and uh, <laughs> you know, in Chicago would be Chicago, and Boston would be Boston. New York is Frank Sinatra, <laughs> right? Um, well, I, but but talking about the regional motifs and the sound and all that, and getting way into the very beginning beginning of this minute. I'm actually going to call horse crap on that gong. Well, I'm glad you called oh, it a gong. Yeah. I was afraid yeah. to call it a gong because the last time I called something a gong in these movies, you put me in my place. <laughs> well, this one at least looks like a gong and it's round and it's being hit with a big mallet. Ah, wait, but, wait, yeah. wait, wait. See, that's what I'm calling horse crap. I'm oh, right geez. here. I mean, the guy who sells symbols for a living. First of all, the gong striker is using a metal mallet. Oh, and, weird. Hmm. Yeah, if you look at it, he's using a metal mallet. So he's hitting metal with metal. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and a gong that huge, you know, if you're hitting it with a metal mallet, is is going to go clunk. <laughs> <laughs> and every, like everybody's going to spit their drinks out. It's going to be <laughs> loud and low pitched. And there's going to be, but what we have is this warm, complex, euphonic whoosh. <laughs> that says we must be in China. <laughs> kind of like regional motifs, which, and by the way, the gong that they do use that you hear is a Chinese wind gong. Oh, wow. oh very cool. Yeah, so it's it's like the sound of the gong is accurate. However, the way the gong looks has nothing to do with the way a, a, that gong would sound. A, it's massive and huge, and B... You know, gongs are usually made of brass or bronze and like a, that sort of alloy, a bronze alloy. And this thing looks like it's either pewter or it's steel. Yeah. Or well, they pot like they may have like fancy powder coated it because they put a mountain from Utah on it. Well, I was going to say, like, is it if, if it was made out of the right material, but it had a mountain like, you know, embossed on it, wouldn't that mess up the sound? I'm imagining it. Wouldn't that be kind of No, weird? it would be all right. I mean, it would mess it up a little bit, but if it was actually like a, not like a weird pewter gong <laughs> yeah. that you hit with a metal mallet, it would, you might be, it wouldn't be nearly as high pitched as it is in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like what, five or six feet big or something. I mean, it's huge. That's a yeah. really low gong that actually when struck is the sort of thing when you hit it, the reverberations wouldn't really even be entirely heard or felt till like a second later or maybe two seconds later because it's that big it has to vibrate all the way through the gong and then come out well maybe this is like the shanghai version of lip syncing like they put the good looking front guy here and he pretends to hit the gong <laughs> and there's actually a guy back in the orchestra that hits the real gong because yeah. <laughs> this guy's like showing off his hot topic studded bracelets and his hair and pants and... <laughs> this little three inch gong that goes <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy by the way do, do, who do you guys think this like the actor do you guys have any thoughts or do you have do you know oh doing the gong yeah i assume it's chuck barris isn't it no, <laughs> that was oh such a stupid god. joke oh my god i just kind of want to look like it, it when we get to the end of the movie a is he going to be 
placed higher in order than say the, the <laughs> oh, bad <God>. guy yeah, <laughs> than yeah. uh, Mola Ram or whatever <laughs> right and B is his name going to be Gong Striker <laughs> <laughs> well here there's there's a surprising amount of controversy about this man oh, like weird. some people think he's Pat Roach some nah. people think it's stuntman Bill Reed and some people think it's a guy named Don Stansock who is a professional wrestler who went by the name hard-boiled Haggerty <laughs> and so, like, there was a story that somebody contacted Kathleen Kennedy because they wanted to know who this actually was who played this guy. Um, and she didn't know. And so she said, I'll call Frank Marshall. And he didn't know. And so they don't, like, there's no clear conjecture if it's Pat Roach or if it's these other two guys. Weird. That's really weird. And, and he kicks off the whole movie. And he kicks off the movie, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's Pat Roach. I don't think it's I Pat feel Roach. Like I know my Pat no, Roach. That's not yeah. Pat Roach. Yeah, but he does a great job of playing a fake gong, fakely. <laughs> well, and you know, I was thinking anything goes. You know, it was written in I, I believe it's 1934, Cole Porter, mm -hmm. right? All right. So uh, you're looking, you're trying to. We're all looking around trying to get some contextual clues here. So you think it's got to be post 1934, but clearly anything goes is probably a new hit single, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, just and, made it to Asia, but it's already made it to China. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I absolutely love this version of it because it's like oh, this nice, too. buoyant yeah. tempo. And I remember seeing this as a kid in the theater um, and feeling uncomfortable because, you know, I was in sixth grade, seventh grade. I loved ACDC, Van Halen. <laughs> and, I'm, I, you know, if I was feeling a little bit weepy, maybe some tears for fears. That's what they're there but, for, Jim. <laughs> but this was like a show tune. Mm -hmm. And but I loved it, uh -huh. but it's a show tune, and you're. I, I had this sort of well, my I mean, like your aunt like show tunes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what what's going on here? And I thought, I it almost felt like a reverse puberty, <laughs> like like I wasn't sure if I was gonna lose all my pubic hair or what was happening. <laughs> well, and the other thing is like it's not. There's nothing wrong with show tunes. I just was used to dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Which was a, you know, or, you know, uh, <clears throat> You Shook Me All Night Long, which is a new hit single. And um, I don't know. I felt it was strange. And I remember seeing the movie a second time in the theater. I was like, God, I love this song. Yeah. 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 It was on the soundtrack, I remember. And I think... I I don't even... I didn't look this up or anything. Did she... I assume that's Kate Capshaw singing, It actually. is. She actually... So she had to learn Mandarin for this role. Like oh for God. the song, and apparently she sings it so horribly that nobody who speaks Mandarin can understand a word of the song. <laughs> so, but she's the nine. She gave it a good effort. Of yeah. <laughs> I thought one of the things uh, that uh, that she wanted to do was sort of show off her singing, and that was one of the reasons she took the role. Kate Capshaw took this role is because she wanted to show off her singing and her tap dancing, which I don't know if she fully got to do because her dress. <laughs> Yeah, was too right. slim fitting did you guys yeah, <laughs> yeah. i actually I, i'm gonna go out i think she's killing it in this opening number oh i yeah. was gonna say I, yeah. I think i mean yeah I, I you know i don't think it's spoilery or jumping ahead or anything the movie's been out for a thousand years there's a lot of controversy about her character in this movie about it's about it, the 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 you know the, the worth of it and, and what it, what it does or doesn't bring to the movie <laughs> but i'm gonna say so far in this minute i'm into her 
Like I think I, I she looks really cool. The posing she does with the Harrison Ford starring in yeah. and the big Indiana Jones, like right before the song starts, that's all like striking. It's mm-hmm. actually really good. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of into her so far. This is gonna be a great movie. <laughs> I'm I'm well okay. minute one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am I am firmly on side Willie Scott so far and yeah. well I maybe for the whole movie. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a note here. And I don't know if this is too early to say, but I, I, I have a note here that says, I plan to flip-flop on this opening for the next few days. Hmm. Because I like this opening so far. It's very cool. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is like the new Indiana Jones movie. This is like the <laughs> sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's like a there's like a big splashy thing, and she's singing Cole Porter, and and uh, I don't totally get it yet. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I, I mean, it's cool, but does it fit? Is this what I came here for? Like... You know, Mr. Spielberg, I'm a 13-year-old kid. You're supposed to know exactly <laughs> what I'm into. You're supposed to have your finger on my pulse. I'm, I'm, but I'm I think, totally but sure it's yet. it's still uh, captivating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, it totally. Still, is. Uh, it's still captivating, and that's what I, that's what I'm excited about for yeah. Temple of Doom. I mean, if we go down, you know, we have the a great Paramount logo check. We mm. have a mountain segueing into a mountain check. Yep. Yeah, we have uh, mysterious music. Well, you know, we'll come back to that. Right. And uh, we have a great looking gong and a great great sounding gong, even if it's not the correct. But and then we have a a fantastic rendition of Anything Goes and Mm. and who's this new lady? And uh, And she's very she's poised and striking. She's belched out of this fever dream of a dragon's mouth. And it's it's spectacular. (laughs) Spectacular. She's, She's killing. I mean, honestly, what could go wrong? Yeah, no, I'm I'm all on board right now. Buckle in. <laughs> but you know, we're we're sitting here like as thirteen year olds or whatever, eleven year olds, like sitting here trying to figure out what's good, what's about to happen in this movie. And I wonder if we should step back for a minute and talk about how we got to this point. Like, That's we a good start talking yeah, a little bit. We, like, how did we get here from Raiders? Yeah, we dove right in, and now we should uh, stop the movie. <laughs> get some popcorn <laughs> well i mean it's, um yeah go ahead tom no I, I yeah i mean this was i i think of uh i mean we talked about this a lot when we were talking about raiders that yeah it's like 1980 wait oh jesus 80 81 81 no, i mean yeah. raiders i mean oh I yeah always, i have to think for like half an hour between <laughs> empire and raiders yeah okay, we had empire and then we had raiders okay so like I mean, there's a, I mean, just flatly, it's a, there's a huge difference between 1981 and 1984. There's uh-huh. a huge difference. Like, and I don't even know what it, I can't, I've, I've, I've never yet been able to qualify it specifically, but, well, you know, between that. almost the 70s, yeah. Yeah, it's like almost the 70s, and then it's like well into the 80s, basically. Yeah. It's like mid-80s. It's like, I mean, you know, Streets of Fire was out at the same time as this movie. <laughs> it's kind of like, things are different now. We're in a different part of, uh. Of, of the 80s now um but yeah like we've had we've had return of the jedi since raiders we've had uh et poltergeist blade runner uh mm-hmm. some others in there you got your war games yeah <laughs> oh and a lot of people on these movie on this movie worked on a lot of those you just mentioned yeah yeah so it's like kind of like it's sort of like a cottage industry by now it's sort of mm-hmm. like hey we'll all get together we'll make a big blockbuster it'll be awesome It'll probably star Harrison Ford. It'll probably have Lucas on it somewhere. You know, uh, John Williams will get him, either him or Jerry Goldsmith. It'll be great. Well, that was, you uh, know, they 
and they knew like when they finished when they made Raiders a lot of these guys like Spielberg and Lucas and Harrison Ford all signed up for a three movie deal mm-hmm. like so they knew going in it was going to be three movies and yeah. at the time George Lucas famously told Steven Spielberg that he had three stories in his mind already written yeah and so you know Raiders comes out and it's a huge hit and Spielberg tells a story how he sits down with George Lucas and he's like so what's part number two and it turns out he didn't have two other stories (laughs) you know I never would have guessed that (laughs) (laughs) and so they you know they sat down and they you know George Lucas has this idea about a haunted house in Scotland um and Spielberg had just made Poltergeist he's like I don't want to do that again and so they came up with this idea they're going to make Indiana Jones and the Temple of Death and it's going to be mm-hmm. set in India and uh, they bring on a couple of writers who they think fit the mood of the movie and that's kind of how they got to this point yeah and I th- I'm, I'm trying to remember when I was first aware of Temple of Doom I'm not going to be able to figure it out but I know that like I know in like 1982 I started noticing Starlog magazine Mm-hmm. with like Spock on the cover from Wrath of Khan and uh so I got all into that and then I was reading about like you know every like a, a Jedi I was pouring over all these magazines learning about Jedi and stuff and then after a while like oh Indiana Jones the next Indiana Jones movie's coming out <laughs> Temple of Death it's gonna be awesome and Temple of Doom and um yeah there were all these at the image I always that always drives me nuts is uh him holding the uh the sword and he's got one sleeve missing from his shirt <laughs> and uh that was like a huge image that was in all the magazines uh-huh. and uh i think i said this in our hiatus show but uh that he uh it looked like t- the, the sword was so shiny i thought it was clear i thought it was like a crystal sword or something it's like oh my gosh it's so cool <laughs> and later oh it's just a sword but it's still cool all right well next time you um, see something crystal in indiana jones franchise you're gonna be really happy it's gonna be awesome <laughs> finally my, my need for indiana jones crystal the crystal something be, yeah yeah there's several people mentioned in the credits. Uh, yeah. Amrish Puri, who plays Mola Ram. Uh, like a couple of the actors in this movie was in Gandhi. Um, and apparently he shaved his head for this movie and liked the way it looked so much that he kept it. Like he kept that ah. look and went on to star as a villain in several movies in India. And he was famous for the shaved head. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Well, he was a huge Bollywood actor, was he not? Yeah. 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 Uh, we've got Roshan Seth, who plays Chatter Lal. Um, if you were a fan of Gandhi, the movie, he played Nehru. Uh, he was I've also never in seen Passage Gandhi. to India. What? I've never seen Gandhi. Huh? Huh? Uh, you know what? I haven't either. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> I remember being mad at Gandhi because it beat uh, Tron for best costumes. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy's got a sheet. This guy's all glowy and he's in a video game. um oh the name in the credits that we get in this minute that i like a lot uh is uh philip stone Uh uh-huh because he's a kubrick guy and he's in uh he's uh jerry he's uh he's grady in the shining oh wow uh the 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 former uh you know caretaker so there (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I like him. He's a, I, I always assume that uh, Steven Spielberg is like, oh, I'll get that guy from the show. I'll get that. I'll get that Kubrick guy. Like yeah, I figure, like everybody, he he he's like, I'm a big Hollywood director now. I can get people into my movies that I, that I wanted to meet. <laughs> I can hang out yeah. with him and ask him questions. About <laughs> and he was Kubrick. using Barry Lyndon and Clockwork Orange, and he was yeah. And then oh he, yeah, like, he's he's uh, Alex's dad. That's right. We can't just kick Joel out. <laughs> 
we get Roy Chow as Lao Che, who I think is a brilliant casting move. And uh, Roy was born in Shanghai in 1927, so definitely fits the the era here. Um, mm-hmm. And he, before he he worked on stuff here, he he did English language dubbing for Hong Kong films, and then he went on. To, he was an interpreter for the U.S. Army during the Korean War, so it had kind of interesting backstory. Oh wow! Cool. And then we get Kiwei Kwan. Is that right? Is he the last one we get in this minute? Yeah, we end on him. Yeah. That was a big deal for some reason. I don't know why. Like I, 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 I knew his name before I saw the movie. I was like, "Oh, Kiwi Kwan." I read about him in the magazines and stuff. Hmm. And uh, it's cool that a kid, like some random kid, gets to be in an Indiana Jones movie. Well, there was that yeah. whole story about um, he was a uh, he, like his brother was auditioning for the part, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah, right. and 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 uh, they didn't really like his brother, but they apparently he kept telling his brother what to do. And uh, that's how he got the the job. They they liked his. They just liked the his personality. He had moxie. Yeah, he had moxie, <laughs> and, and apparently it was. Uh, he's from Los Angeles or whatever, and and uh, he's Vietnamese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, since I said moxie, can I tell a really quick story that I just learned recently? <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to have Marion in this movie. And George Wait. Lucas convinced him, nah, there should be a different girl each movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I'm just going to, it's out there now. Yeah. Everyone has to, everyone has to think about that. Well, You're one welcome. of those guys went on to make really good movies. <laughs> yeah. Not like he used to, though. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for I those mean, of you who don't know that Jerry is a huge prequel apologist. <laughs> get him <laughs> I'm pretty much what's a prequel I will I say the idea on paper the idea of having a different you know love interest woman whatever in each movie that that's kind of I mean you know especially when you think oh he was you know Spielberg wanted to do James Bond you know in that sense I can see that working and uh, that's a good idea on paper but uh Let's take our time and see if that worked out okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, right. how did you feel if Han Solo had a different love interest and Well, I mean, technically he does. <laughs> Han Solo read does? The comic books. Yeah, if he's got Leia, he's got Marion, he's got, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too slow for you, Pete. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're we're settling in for a long haul, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. We haven't really talked about if we like this movie or not, but maybe we'll get into that later. <laughs> we're, on minute, um, we're on minute one. I know, <laughs> but we all know what we're thinking. Um, <laughs> Let's just do minute one tomorrow. <laughs> this is really good. Um. Well, should we wrap this up and come back next time for uh, yeah. more of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Yeah. All right. Well, um, what do we do at this point? It's been a while. Oh, yeah, Pete. What do? Uh, how can people get in touch with us and uh, let us know that they're excited that we're back and all that? Well, you can find us on Facebook. We have a special uh, page there called Indiana Jones and the Listener's Crusade. If you want to join, it's a group and you can join lots of other people discussing the movie or you can find us on the web at our own website at indianajonesminute.com 
And you should do those things, which we hope you've been doing all along, even while we've been gone. Or maybe you're just joining us now. If you are, hey, welcome. I think you're going to have fun. And please come and join us uh, tomorrow, where we'll talk about Minute 2 of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Is it Chuck Barris? Yeah, it's Chuck Barris with the big gong. Yeah. You always look. You <laughs> <Jones>? <laughs>